If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 it's the Carolina Underground, and we're back again for Stuff Mark Don't Know on this chilly Carolina evening. Well, why is it always Stuff Mark Don't Know? Because I'm going to tell you, because this is our 42nd episode, as you told me. This should be our Douglas Adams Memorial episode. Now, so Douglas Adams wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, okay? And so the whole plot behind the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is that uh, they built this magnificent computer to answer the it question must, of life. It must have been a well, Mac. No, it was much bigger than that. It was called Deep Thought. And it was this massive computer, and they asked it the question, what is the meaning of life? And, of course, Deep Thought said, hmm, that's a tough one. I'll have to think about that. And so it spent all this time thinking, and then, you know, thousands of years passed and it came back with the answer and the answer was 42. Hmm. So then the rest of the time they spent trying to figure out what the question was <laughs> to which the answer was 42. Now, so what most people don't realize is that uh, Douglas Adams was a, uh, he was a very serious, hardcore computer geek. Okay. And 42 is the ampersand character, which if you know anything about, um, or excuse me, the asterisk character, which if you know anything about computer programming, is your wild card. Correct. So the answer to the meaning of what is the meaning of life is it's a wild card. It could be anything. It's different for everybody. Well, that's interesting. I have I had all I had heard the meaning of life was forty two, but not necessarily that it was a wild card. Well, yeah, that's it, and so that was the whole. That most very few people, even the people that have read the books, are aware of that. But it's one of those things I tell everybody: read the first five pages of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, I can honestly and, say I have never read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, read the first five pages. If you are not laughing throughout, you know, by the by the end of the first five pages, it ain't for you because his humor, his sense of humor isn't going to, uh, isn't going to capture your imagination. But what we need to do is we need to lower our SCP fields, which is a Douglas Adams invest, in, in, invention called a someone else's problem field. It's a cloaking device you still see whatever it is that you're looking at, but you just automatically assume it's somebody else's problem, and so you ignore it. Well, and now, we I on, haven't read about that, but I have adopted that. <laughs> and we have, and we can put on our peril-sensitive sunglasses, 
which like light sensitive sunglasses, they, uh, they, 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 you know, they grow, when light sensitive sunglasses grow darker as the sun gets brighter, peril sensitive sunglasses grow darker as the danger to your life increases. And if you're, Death is imminent. They go completely black, so you don't have to see it coming. Well, I can tell you this. When my guys walk in the office first thing in the morning, they're on dark <laughs> until well, I get go. coffee. Can coffee. Because if I don't get coffee, them rascals ain't lightening up. Well, there you go. You yeah, know, so those are good. Go I was going to say this week, we had another sad note this week. What's that? Norman Lear died. Now that is a, that is an absolute tragedy. It absolutely is. I was not aware of that because I have not been surfing on the internets very much this week. I've been uh, been doing a lot of studying and whatnot. Well, you know, but, he was he he was, I guess, really the kind of the the first person that wrote for television that actually brought societal and cultural issues. Oh, absolutely! Into yeah. television, and I, you know, he's probably most famous for All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Yep. But mm -hmm. I, I'm, per, I think he did Mauled, Good Times, Archie mm -hmm. Bunker's Place, which is where after the where Edith after Edith dies, and I think he even did Sanford and Son, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're correct, and again, that was during the time frame when we were not afraid to laugh at ourselves for our uh, inadequacies. So. But uh, hey, I don't know that any. Of I don't know about laughing at myself, but I look at a lot of people and just laugh so hard I about wet myself because they're so funny. <laughs> well, so that was one of the things I saw this morning on the news, actually. So they've done a study on the parents, or excuse me, children from conservative households versus children from liberal households. Okay. And found that the um, conservative, the children that are raised in conservative households, uh, seventy-seven percent of them have uh, stable mental health, whereas only fifty-five percent, coming from the liberal households, have stable mental health. They've got, hmm. you know, the rest of them have mental health issues. So you know, it all boils down to, I mean, you know, you you in my personal opinion, liberals tend to lie to themselves. And if you feed yourself full of lies, you're going to be completely bonkers rather than if you feed yourself the truth, you will be relatively stable because reality exists and there ain't much, much that any of us can do about it except to try to make it better. Well, that is true. I thought that was an interesting set. I thought that was an interesting statistic, but that, anyway, I'm interesting, I that actually is an interesting statistic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, I thought I thought you were actually going to go the opposite route because, you know, when you normally look at kids that grew up and made to go to church and in Christian homes, they're the ones that tend to feel like they've been beat over the head with the Bible and tend to turn away from religion. Well, it all depends. I mean, again, so it, it all depends on, you know, for, for example, if you, well, I mean, if you read the Bible yourself, Okay, which I I highly encourage everybody does. The uh, the a significant number of the teachings that you get out of the regular church are not they're not only not based on the Bible, but they're you know especially the ones that are the the absolute you know the ones that that, that yell at you about uh -huh. your decisions and stuff because that's there's no love shown there. 
you know, but the Bible isn't about, now granted, the Old Testament gets pretty pretty brutal and pretty graphic. Well, that's a lot of fire and brimstone in the Old Testament. A little bit, a little bit that's true. But, you know, the, the, the majority of the New Testament is not, a, I mean, you know, look at the lilies of the valley. They toll not, neither do they spin, yet they are arraigned greater than Solomon's, oh, I blew the, the quote there. I'm sorry, I hadn't. Well, I know what you mean. It's kind of like yeah. the same thing about the birds in the field. Don't work right. and put by, but I still feed them. Are you not greater than them? Absolutely, absolutely. So, and that was one of the things. So, you know, the the uh, 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 a friend of mine was in a Bible study, and they were beating her up because she does not attend. Uh, church regularly and is not a member of a congregation. Well, the Bible does say that you are supposed to be in a community and you're supposed to be in a congregation. If as if as not specifically that it, you didn't use that word, but you're supposed to be a part of a church. You're supposed to be in a community of your peers, so that you all can work work with each other and support each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But again, that's one of those things where they tend to beat you up. Oh, well, you're supposed to be here and you got to tithe. You got to give 10% of your income so that we, you know, and that's the, well, I mean, again, it's like everything else. When human beings get involved, they tend to become, there tends to, corruption tends to come in because there's always a group of human being or a group within any group that thinks that they deserve more than everybody else that, you know, and things like that. So, but that's human nature. That's true. I guess. So. An area down in your neck of the woods is they're trying to civilize it. What's going on? Talk to me, boss. Well, Myrtle Beach, which has long since been in a downward spiral of degradation. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on what part, but go ahead. There, it looks like they're actually going to get a Margaritaville Hotel in 2025. Well, that's intriguing. Yeah, I don't believe I would have put it in Myrtle Beach. Why? Myrtle Beach is not a bad place. I mean, again, it's it's the beach. The beach is not a bad well, place. Well, it's it, Myrtle Beach had gotten. I mean, it had gotten there's really parts bad. Of it that are rough. There's parts of it that are rough. I'll grant you that. But you know, there's. I mean, it's still. Again, this is the thing. When you get folks that are trying to do bad things, doesn't matter where you are. If you got people that are trying to do bad things and nobody's stopping them from doing bad things, i.e. stealing or taking things away. And and again, I'm not just talking about somebody stealing your wallet or your credit card or something like that. I'm talking about the the kind of stuff where, you know, the the federal government is is stealing the birthright of every citizen in the U.S. by spending money like, you know, printing money like it's, you know, well, it is just paper. Or uh, and and spending it like a like a house of fire, you know they're, you know they're they're ruining the economy for generations to come by creating a debt that we'll never be able to repay, and and this is the whole. This goes back to when I went off on my rant a couple of episodes back and was you know where where I was talking about the difference between ignorance and stupidity, and that if you think any of these wedge issues like you know abortion or even the border wall or even the economy is the actual issue that we need to be addressing you're ignorant 
And if you don't listen to the fact that it is the people in Washington that are abusing their power and privilege and have sold the, the entire nation out to line their own pockets, if you don't recognize that, if you refuse to recognize that fact and stop voting the way that, you know, for, for Democrat versus Republican or whatever and vote for people that have some actual integrity, then you're stupid. <laughs> so, sorry, I needed to recap that because That's I fine. still stand by that by that statement. What do you think about the news coming out of Japan? Again, buddy, I've been heads down studying and I hadn't paid any attention to the news hardly at all. Uh, See, once again, it's the episodes of Stuff Mark Don't Know. Well, now, you, we started out with Stuff Mike Don't Know, but go ahead. Tell me what well, I don't know about Well, it, well they just, they're finishing up uh, the world's largest fusion reactor. Okay. Hopefully, they're not putting it on a fault line this time. Well, it looks like it's on a lot of concrete and metal. Well, they tend to make them out of concrete and metal because that's the, that's what will withstand the radiation and won't crumble into dust. So, well, why? I mean, I, I, my, my, I, one of the things I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but nuclear power, if any, and I explain this to everybody that I run into who's into green energy and clean energy. Nuclear power is the only solution known to modern, you know, to our modern science uh-huh. that has a sufficient level of energy density to replace fossil fuels. Period, and it's also the safest um, method of energy generation. It's far safer than fossil fuels, um, but it, of course, has been beaten up for decades. Uh, since, I mean, they, they scared everybody to death in the 70s with movies like The China Syndrome, which were completely inaccurate. And uh, so most of your, most of your uh, tree-hugging types are terrified of the word nuclear. But one of the things that I always point out to them, which does irritate them, uh, but usually, you know, sometimes they hear it and sometimes they don't, is you look at how many uh, Navy vessels in just the United States Navy are out there. Okay, for example, the aircraft carriers. Now, each aircraft carrier has multiple nuclear reactors running on it. And the... Why is Why would they have multiple reactors? You figured one would be enough to power it. Oh, each one of the nuclear reactors on a on a on an aircraft carrier can power a, a small city or even a large city. Uh, the reason is for redundancy. I mean, people have a tendency to like to shoot at aircraft carriers, and if one of them got hit, you'd want multiple. You'd want redundancy so that you could continue operations. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's other reasons, but that's the primary one. Same reason that you have two power supplies in a computer. One power supply by itself is enough to power the entire machine. But if it's a mission-critical device, you're going to have more than one just in case one of them decides to short out. And hopefully you're going to have a viable backup and business continuity plan. That is true. I think so. I'm kind of depressed, though. Why are you depressed? Well, I used to love these magazines. There were two of them. It was called Country and mm-hmm. Reminisce. 
All right. And, well, three of them, man, good old days. But they have good old days. The country, I think, they still make. But the good old days, they quit making, and they finally stopped making reminisce. Well, people don't read anymore, man. Well, I mean, these magazines, they were actually... I found them interesting because, like, for that Christmas and Halloween, it would do like it'd have a year like Christmas 1965 or 1957 uh-huh. or Halloween 1957 and stuff like that, and share pictures and stories of people's memories and stuff of their life during that time. And it was just really interesting. And I hate to really see it go because I started reading that magazine when I was little when my grandmother was still alive because I remember she, uh, used to get all of them, and that's where I kind of fell in love with them at. Oh, well, that's a shame. I'm sorry to hear that they're gone. But, again, people spend all their time plugged into electronic devices anymore. So, they, you know, I mean, no, I mean, I only know a handful of people that still take a paper newspaper, and they're at the age range where they're mostly looking at the obituaries to see who made it that week. Right, right. <laughs> you know? But, you know, and that's part of the reason for the overall decline, in my opinion, in literacy, uh, among other things, people don't read. They spend all the time looking at videos. I will say this. I do. I am part of the the digital device and don't get um, paper copies and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's just it gets to where like with magazines and stuff and books. I don't have anywhere else to put them. Well, yeah, and again, that was the one of the major drivers of the uh, personal computer revolution was to move to the paperless society. And, you know, there are some tremendous benefits to uh, paperless. I mean, again, you don't have to have a physical building uh, for a library to, you know, to, to, to house a tremendous amount of knowledge, but mm-hmm. the downside, it's like everything in life. There's pluses and there's minuses. There's always a good side and always a downside. Now, this is one of the things that I learned, um, in, uh, Al-Anon, which is of, of course the, uh, that's the, for the family members and, uh, spouses and whatnot and children of, uh, alcoholics. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but at any rate, uh, I won't go into who introduced me to the program, but one of the things that I learned, you know, people talk about alcohol is evil. Well, no alcohol is a thing. Okay. I've never once in my life seen a shot of alcohol of its own accord, jump off of a table and pour itself down somebody's throat. Somebody had to help it. Okay. Right. Uh, it's the same thing as with a gun. Okay. A, a, a firearm of any sort. Never once have I seen a firearm jump up off of a table of its own accord and shoot somebody. Now I've seen them get knocked off of a table and go off. Right. But right. Roger that. But at any rate, the, the, the point being even a hammer can be used as you know, for, for it can be used to build a building or it can be used to hit somebody over the head and kill them. Okay. So the thing is tools and things, objects, they are just things. It is the intent with which they are used that makes them good or evil. So there. (laughs) (laughs) 
as as my father used to say, put that in your participle and smoke it. Put that in your participle and smoke it. As we say nowadays, put that in your crack pipe and smoke it. Well, there you go, too. That's oh, I'm and speaking of crack pipes, Hunter got charged with a whole bunch of things, I'm understanding. Oh, yeah, he's gotten charged with quite a few things out there, and so his defense attorneys are, are crying and complaining that it, uh, you know, that he's he's not responsible for his own actions. And of course, they're also screaming that it's uh, that it's not true that that you know, despite the bank records <laughs> that clearly show Joe Biden was receiving um, regular payments uh, for you know from the, one of the many shell companies that uh, Hunter had uh, put out there. That uh, that's all lies. The bank records don't believe your lying eyes. The bank records are lying to you because they want you to not vote for Joe Biden. I mean, I think there's plenty of reasons not to vote <laughs> for the Biden. Well, there's plenty of reasons not to vote for either one of them. <laughs> I don't disagree. I do not disagree. I saw. But I think there's I, a lot more not to vote for the Biden administration. Well, than I saw opinion. bits and snippets of the people questioning the presidents of uh, these Ivy League or high-end yep. schools about mm -hmm. uh, anti-Semitism and stuff like that, and I found it mm -hmm. utterly shameful and disgraceful mm -hmm. that not one of them could affirm that Israel had the right to remain as a state and a Jewish state. They collectively mm -hmm. and carefully selected their responses to be mm -hmm. sure not to have to say that, and I think it's going to cost that one at uh, University of Pennsylvania a job because one of the big donors has said if she doesn't get fired or resign, he's rescinding a $100 million gift to the school. Well, and that was something that I did hear. This was actually through, since I've just bad-mouthed uh, you know, links, this was on, on X, for the artist formerly known as Twitter, where they were talking about the one of the reasons that all of these Ivy League schools are um, so uh, pro-Palestine and uh, anti-Semitic um, is that let's see, like uh, the 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 Middle Eastern countries like Saudi Arabia and whatnot, like that, uh, are donating somewhere around three hundred million dollars a year uh -huh. to each of these institutions and as such with the, I mean, that's, and, and the way they refer to it is, well, we're, we, we know they're donating some funds right. a little bit. Kind of like well, we know China's donating some funds to the Bidens. Right. Exactly. Now, $300 million, I don't know about you, but if somebody donated $300 million in my general direction, I would consider that a lot of money, not a little. But, uh, you know, of course, I'm not running a university either. A new but, uh, uh, show has come out. I think come, I think it comes out today or tomorrow on Amazon Prime. It's called A Merry Little Batman. I saw that uh, advertised just a little bit ago, as a matter of fact, because I was walking through the uh, walking through the. Room, the living room when my son was in there. Well, I am, uh, I'm probably, I'm going to watch it. Uh, as mm -hmm. far as what I've seen, I, I am not a fan of the animation style 
mm-hmm. that they used in this. But as you know, I am a big fan of Damian Wayne, who is right. Batman's son, and um, this features him from what I understand. Mm. I think at five or six or something like that. But with that said, mm-hmm. nothing beats the Batman or Bat family in the Little Gotham series done by uh, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Noonan. Those were, without a doubt, the best Batman family comics ever. Mm, okay. Uh, well, and I even like the, the, the comic style that Jeff draws in is more like a watercolor style. And uh-huh. it's just really, it's different and it's refreshing. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've seen a lot of stuff that these two have done together and a lot of stuff that uh, Dustin Nunez done on his own. And that style never gets old. It's just kind of refreshing. It's funny. It's wholesome. And it just, it doesn't play into a lot of woke garbage. And it just does what the comic characters were intended to do and play Mm. off of each other and not everything that they think everybody else thinks they should be. Well, there you go. I understand. And I think that's a good thing. And we need to have more wholesome. And we need to, I mean, really, honest to goodness, folks, we, we, we kind of really need to, we kind of really need to just stop putting up with the nonsense from, from all of the people that are just doing bad things. And, you know, just, just stop tolerating it on uh, every level. Well, and that's, but, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, we've... You know, we had another Republican debate. I don't, I haven't been able to find one person that actually watched it. Yeah, from what I understand, it was uh, down 69% from the first one. And, you know, the point being, I think people are just, I know I am. I didn't watch any of it because it is so blatantly obvious that the power structures uh, amongst the, you know, the globalists and, and the military industrial complex and the uh, agricultural industrial complex and the tech, the technol- technology industrial complex, if in case nobody's using that word, and the pharmace- pharmaceutical industrial complex, uh-huh. they're so hell bent to prevent Donald Trump or Robert Kennedy from being able to run for public office that, I mean, they, they no everybody's over it. Everybody's exhausted. Okay. And I mean, and they're continuing to prop up uh, the Biden administration because they're puppets. And I, I, I think that the entire, I, I, well, not, maybe not the entire, but anybody that's paying any attention whatsoever and has, a a quarter of a functional brain um, would be, you know, is, is aware of this. And and I think they're just disgusted and exhausted. Well, I know I, for one, um, it has not even gotten to the point that it's really time for the serious stuff to go on. And I'm tired of hearing about politics and the election and all that crap already. Well, they got to the point um, you know, during the uh, during the Obama years, and when Hillary was running against uh, Trump the first time, or when Hillary Clinton was running against Trump, 
uh, in uh, you know in in 2016. Uh-huh. They've gotten to the point where the whole cycle, the election cycle, didn't start. You know, we 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 went from where the election cycle started the year of in January and then ran through November and in November you cast your vote and you went on. But by the time that Hillary was running, they were starting, they started her bid for the presidency in the second year of the Obama, of the last term of the Obama administration. Right. And that backfired on them. And so now they've got this, uh, well, the, I mean, the thing that they've been doing that's working for the, 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 the powers that wish to remain in power uh, is to basically not allow the candidates to be in debates or in front of the public or answer any real questions because... Well, we know Joe Biden can't be in a debate because he can't... Well, absolutely. He can't. He can't do nothing. Together. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, it's, I, I, I really don't even know what to, to make of it. And I'm not sure what's going to happen because I, I think the majority of the population, especially with the news that's come out of Arizona and, you know, Michigan and uh, Atlanta, which clearly has shown how much the mail-in balloting system was used to cheat on the elections. And I think people, I don't know. I don't know what other people are thinking. I'd love to know. But of course, you can't trust any of the polls that come out because they're all run by the same media company. So they're biased. And then there's not a whole lot. I mean, most people don't really want to talk about politics anymore. They're exhausted. I know we've tr- we try all the time to avoid talking about politics because it's just so bloody exhausting. It is, and, and it it just doesn't do anything but get the blood pressure up. But then, yet there's nothing that we really can do about it. Well, somehow the people of you know the citizenry of the United States is going to have to be able to figure out a way to come together with just a basic set of principles. Okay, that that everybody deserves their fair share and that anybody that is stealing somebody else's fair share because they feel special should be stopped. It doesn't matter if it's a loaf of bread. It doesn't matter. Or if it's a hundred million dollars, it should be stopped. We should, you, it's, that's a simple thing. And according to the latest thing is Hunter Biden says Republicans are trying to kill him. Well, I mean, he was trying to kill himself for most of the well, years. I mean, I thought he was snorting enough cocaine to kill a horse. Right. But, you know, you, you follow what I'm saying. And we're going to have to get together as a people and figure out a way to get rid of this corruption and all the stuff in permanent Washington so that we have our country again. Because if we don't, then, I mean, this is, we are watching the fall of the, you know, the, the equivalent to the fall of the Holy Roman Empire. And it's astounding the number of similarities, you know, with the, with the levels of corruption in the Senate and stuff like that. that uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I read something earlier 
you know, you keep seeing uh, about how Trump wants to be a dictator this and Trump wants to be a dictator that and all this and wants to be a monarch and all this. But that is exactly what led to those senators oh, killing yeah. Caesar. Absolutely. And then they actually, when Octavius took over, they actually ushered in what they were trying to stop. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, again, that's the whole thing here, too. So, you know, back to the famous uh, statement by Samuel Clemens, uh, also more, more, more well-known as Mark Twain, if you do not read the newspaper, you are uninformed. If you read the newspaper, however, you are misinformed. Well, I mean, again, everybody at this point knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that if the Facebook fact checkers fact check anything that is put out there and say that this lacks context, what that means is it is a completely factual article, but it doesn't put the spin on it that they want on it. And so it, they don't want you to be able to say that. So we all know that we are being censored on everything that we say on social media. Now, not necessarily so much with, with X slash Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody actually accusing them of uh, censorship, but we're being censored. We know that the news media is completely off their rocker and lying to us constantly. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, we know that the medical establishment is lying to us. We know that the military establishment, I mean, all of them, the pharmaceutical company, everybody's lying to us. And, you know, I, I, I don't know where to start to even begin to get, you know, to make a difference to get that stopped. But it, it's, it is, that's the equivalent. Had the, had the Holy Roman Empire had the Internet, it would be, I'm sure it would be identical to what we're seeing now. Now, one of my favorite Mark Twain quotes was a little bit different. All right, well, hit me. One of my favorite ones that he said was, never put off till tomorrow what mm -hmm. you can do the day after tomorrow. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, you think about it, though, it's, you know, that we we're told, I was told as a little child, that mm -hmm. laughter does the heart good like a medicine. Absolutely, it does. That's and actually, I believe, in the Bible. And, yeah, exactly. And it's just, laughter has always played an important part of my life because mm -hmm. I like funny things, be it from Jerry Clower, Mark Twain, because, you know, Mark Twain mm -hmm. is one of my favorite authors. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's mm -hmm. kind of hard to beat, curl up under a warm quilt and read... Um, yeah, well, Huckleberry Finn, or mm -hmm. which is my favorite one, or Puddinghead Wilson, mm -hmm. or um, The Innocence Abroad, or something like that. I mean, it's just funny. And well, um, well that's the same way with Louis Grizzard with mm -hmm. his stuff, mm -hmm. like Don't Bend Over in the Garden, Granny, Them Taters Have Eyes, and stuff like that. Right. Um, well, and now, but it also ties back into your commentary about Norman Lear and those uh, those uh, sitcoms that you Well, I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, mm -hmm. if Norman Lear was alive today, 
those sitcoms would not be on broadcast television. Oh, they wouldn't allow it, no. But, I mean, they were just absolutely hilarious, you know. I mean, they really, truly, truly were. And, um, you know, it, it's it's such a shame. Well, it's not only that, that they, we were, they were not uh-huh. only just hilarious, they were... They were depicting life in America. It, it's kind of like Mark, what Mark Twain did. Absolutely. It's they were like, making fun of like, themselves. Well, mm-hmm. right. And it's like Twain wrote like the English language never existed until he wrote his first book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way he used the way Americans talked with the vernaculars and localisms and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Martin Lear essentially did the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Or excuse me, Norman Lear. Norman Lear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always want, I have always wanted to call him Martin for some reason. <laughs> but his name is um, not Martin. <laughs> well, it was not. Past tense. Was not. Yeah. Is yeah, not. Should not be. Should not Still be. Still ain't. <laughs> well, yeah, that was one of the things and one of the other commentaries. You know, and again, it's very, very apparent in the Andy Griffith show is, you know, that and, and that made fun of Southerners and the way we talk, because we tend to talk in um, in in metaphor and in pictures. And well, in, that and nuances. The Southern language nuance. is very nuanced. Oh, absolutely. And and so you just don't catch it. Uh, my girlfriend is Costa Rican, and it is really amusing because I, you know, will throw out one of these, you know, little little phrases like "lipstick on a pig" and just totally blows past her. She does not understand what in the world I'm talking about, and I have to explain it to her. <laughs> I can't. She asked me about something the other day. I wish I could remember what it was because I cracked up because it was just something that I rattle off without even thinking about it. It never occurred to me that anybody wouldn't know what I was talking about because <laughs> I grew up with it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. Now I, I've noticed we do tend to talk you and I on these, especially we don't do that as much as uh, we, I wonder why not, but we don't do it as much as we do in, in when we're together in person, when we're together in person, we do tend to be much more, our, our, our dialogues tend to be much more Southern. But, well, uh, and it may come to the fact that people may not even understand us because if yeah. you're not from the South, mm-hmm. a lot of the sl- sayings and stuff that we use, they're not going to know what they mean anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bless yeah. their little hearts. Bless their little hearts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's well, like, you know, it's just... You look, you look at things and you do this. My grandmother used to collect. I don't know if you know anything about your mom or your grandmother collecting those Tom Clark statue things. Uh, the statuettes, the figurines. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of them, but I don't have anybody in my family. That well, my grandmother them. used to love those things. And mm-hmm. I mean, she had about every dad blame one of them that was. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. the one that I, she, I wanted her to get, and she just wouldn't get it. And I have been looking and looking and looking for one, and I have been unable to find one. But Tom Clark, at one point in time, did a statue of Mark Twain. Oh, no kidding. And I have been wanting to find one of those Mm -hmm. forever, and I have yet to be able to find one. 
Well, good luck with that. But I was going to comment that one of the other things, it's sort of like when people in the South give directions. Okay. You know, you get, when you get directions from somebody in the South, especially somebody that grew up in the area, you can tell if somebody's a transplant or not, because they're going to start giving you directions with landmarks that have not been there for 10 years or more. Oh, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you remember where the old Piggly Wiggly was back in, you know, in alt nine. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> well, take a left at where they used to have the old Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Or where the tree got struck by lightning. Yep, absolutely. You remember that lightning strike happened back in uh, in, in Alt Six? Yeah, yep, yep. I got you. <laughs> and I know where you're talking about because it's just down the street. Well, just yeah, just down there a piece. Or but like, yes, uh, there was you know, there's an old song called um, what is? It? I think it's called RC Cola, and it's talking about uh, eating, drinking RC Cola, and eating a moon pie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And if y'all hadn't had an RC Cola, you're missing out because they're a lot better than Coca-Cola and Pepsi. <laughs> well, they're definitely sweeter. But again, and so you think about that. Think about Jim Stafford and Ray Stevens. And uh, oh, Are you talking about the musical that? Ray Stevens or the one that was a pro wrestler? The musical Ray Stevens. And oh, then, Mississippi uh, Squirrel the, Revival, I, baby. Yeah, Mac uh, Mac Davis saying, uh, "Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble." Uh, Jerry Reed, I mean, we used to have all. They were just they sang some of the funniest songs you ever heard in your life, mm -hmm. uh, and and we don't have any of that anymore. I mean, you, you just well, I don't think. That. Well, I think if Mar if Ray Stevens would sing Ahab the Arab today, he'd get canceled. Well, that's the truth. Again, it's it's a it's a mess and. You know, this stuff is, it's not good for us. I mean, our, our ability to laugh at ourselves is very, very important to our mental health. <laughs> I mean, it really is. We, um, I had, there was some. I laugh at myself so hard I can hardly shave without cutting my own throat in the mornings. <laughs> well, if I had to look at your face in the morning in the mirror, I'd laugh too. Well, there you go. <laughs> I tell you, I shave in the shower. So if you was looking at my face in the morning while I was shaving, that would be very uncomfortable for both. Well, of you. sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Let's avoid that. Let's just uh, forget that. I don't even want that mental picture. Let's erase <laughs> that. <part. laughs> well, this morning, baby flossy yes, dog had to go do her morning constitutional outside. Abortion. Yes. And so we get out to the outside, and it's pretty blue skies. Cold as a witch's tit in a brass bra, but it's still a pretty blue sky. And she's out there sniffing of every blade of grass and trying to pick the right one to water. Mm -hmm. And I see this thing come a swooping, and it goes up and it lands on top of the, you know, we got one of them outdoor lights, like a city street light outdoor, so you don't mm -hmm. get scared by the, out here by the booger in the booger woods. Mm -hmm. and that hawk come to rest on the top of that light pole. Mm -hmm. And that hawk sat there the whole time Flossie was doing her business. Mm -hmm. And I brought Flossie back in and went, come mm -hmm. back out with a camera, and that hawk was still sitting there. And he sat mm -hmm. there, I bet, on the top of that pole till the two big ones come and run his ass off about 45 minutes later. Huh. And yeah. he wasn't no slouch himself. 
Well, they probably, you know, that but was a good spot to sit and look. I did know this. Mm-hmm. If that rascal would have even thunked about swooping yeah. down on my flossy dog, protected or not, he would have been dead because I would have whacked him with my walking stick. There you go. <laughs> I understand. Yep, so apparently that was a pretty good spot, a pretty good vantage point. It was. For, to, and to it, look I think today's the first critters. day of Hanukkah, isn't it? Um, it may be. I have no earthly idea. Well, I think um, it. I think it I is. I don't even. I do not have a menorah. I have never celebrated Hanukkah. Well, I mean, I don't celebrate it either. But I mean, I have friends that are Jewish, and uh, no, I take it Hanukkah actually started yesterday. Okay. Well, you know, and I probably should have known that too because now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, there uh, they had a picture uh, again when I was walking through the living room. I saw a picture of them lighting a great big old menorah. Well, I so, saw something the other day that I thought was a joke. All right. And I'm going to be honest with you. Whoever come up with this, mm-hmm. I just don't know what to think. All right. Well, hit me with it. Let okay. Me see well, you, un- you know what a Ouija board is. Yes, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody has come up with something called a Holy Spirit board. Oh dear heavens! Well, and they have, and it you, it's on Amazon. I'm, I think, yeah, it's on Amazon. But they have changed the triangle into the shape of a cross. Nope. And I'm nope, sitting here, nope, thinking, nope, and it nope, says, nope, commu- nope, nope, but nope. here's what it says on the box: Holy Spirit board, communicate oh directly with Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness! And I'm sitting here thinking. You know, that was already invented. Christ even taught us how to say it. It's called prayer. Yeah. Nope, that is, that that is goes a, back that, into thou shalt not suffer a witch who live. That is practicing arcane scrivens and stuff like that. That is no that is a great big old nope. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. And down here, listen, this is about this item. Get the mm. answers you need. The Holy Spirit board can answer all of life's most important questions, but we already know the meaning of life is 42, so we don't need that answered. And then it says, that's what we should do is we should have, we should market our own. We can make the pointer, whatever you want. We could make it a great big mouse pointer or something. No, I think what we should do is make it uh, in the shape of the number 42. Well, no, the, the the only thing on the board is 42. Well, the planchet would be 42, too. Well, that'll work. Yeah. But it says it's perfect for churches, prayer groups, or just getting together with friends. Oh, my goodness. But oh, my unlike goodness. other spirit boards, this one will never contact evil ghosts or demons, so you can ask your questions with an assured sense of safety. Oh, my goodness. No, I know what to think about that. That is absolutely horrible. I mean, I'm sorry, but that is one of the things that, you know, again, what does he, the whole thing, you know, everybody, and, and, and that again, goes back to the, to the one of the original earlier discussions we had about the movie Nefarious. One of the things I loved about that movie is that it was, they talked about the subtlety. Right. And the patience. Right with which evil operates. Right. And 
you know, of course evil's going to tell you, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with this. This is perfectly wholesome. That's right. You know, it's perfectly wholesome to have a child, uh, to, to give gender blockers to a child because they want to wear a dress one day. Or, you know, I mean, it's not. Well, I will say it, this. Ozzy Osbourne did have to wear a dress one day. Okay. Because he had been drunk and Sharon wanted to keep him in. So she hid all his clothes <laughs> and he wanted to go out. So he put on one of her dresses Well, there and you went go. out. Well, you know, I mean, and there are folks that wear kilts, but. Uh, well, those know. aren't dresses though. That's a. No, they're not. Thing. They are kilts. I know. But they used to tell Roddy Piper it was a skirt. And that used to make him so mad he oh, couldn't yeah. see straight. Oh, yeah. Rowdy, Rowdy. If you've never seen the movie, They Live. That was one of the, it, it is a cult classic. And I think it's absolutely hilarious because there were so many just little the little phrases. Uh, you know, for example, as I understand it, that's where the whole Duke Nukem uh Phrase of "I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all oh, out of bubble, bubble gum." Came from that movie, and Rowdy Roddy was the uh, was the uh, star of that particular. That he was. Yeah, great movie, great movie. Love it was, him. and I think I'm talking about that one. That's going to be the snout to the curly tail and everything in between, because it's time to go watch a merry little Batman and drink my nice ice cold replenished stock of Paul Roger. <laughs> well, you have a good evening, sir, and I enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. I did too, and we'll catch you next week on the Carolina Underground. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUNDGRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground. <laughs>